0: Greetings and welcome to Pops Collection where we dissect and reflect on a movie or TV show from my Pops Collection. I'm Ron Tweedy joining me as Pops and today we're going to be discussing Spider-Man: Homecoming.
1: Welcome. How's it going, Ron? It's going. It's going. We're doing all right. Well, that's a good thing. Things are a little different. There's a lot of chaos out there right now. We're going to try to be some sort of normalcy. Can always listen to Pops Collection. Sure. And calm yourself down, right? Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Or if you're going to get upset about something, you can disagree with us. Sure. And if you decide to do that, uh, you can email us or whatever you'd like to do. Yep. We're here, happy to hear from you. Yep. So today... Yep. A (laughs) long-awaited... hero for the mcu
0: that's right spider-man himself
1: yes and uh so this i guess it must have taken a while because i noticed in the beginning of this that the first thing i saw was the sony sign
0: that's correct yeah
1: you know usually you see the marvel emblem first but not so in this case right um I'm assuming that has to do with Sony's original deal with Marvel about having the Spider-Man franchise. That's
0: correct. Yeah, so um th- th- that is one thing if you're trying to watch the MCU through Disney Plus, this and its sequel are missing from that. So you'll have to find other ways of of watching it.
1: Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Because if they oh, but Disney owns Marvel, so why couldn't they show it on their did they just choose not to, or? Uh,
0: it might be a rights issue. I, I, it might have, uh, it might be a licensing issue, because um, if they put it on their platform, they might have to give royalties to Sony. It might be, you know, I, I, I'm not really sure, because there, there's lots of complicated things, and we'll see. I, my, my theory is that it's only a matter of time before Disney buys Sony anyway, so we'll see what happens.
1: Well, that would be interesting. So let me ask you this. Uh, original X Men. Uh huh. Where did that gig start? I mean, was that also Sony or no?
0: No. Uh, the X Men franchise was sold to Fox Studios. And so Fox still retains the rights to the X Men uh, series and a couple other uh, pieces as well. But Fox was purchased by Disney uh, about a year and a half ago, I think. So. In other areas, actually, and I think Australia is one of them. Uh, other regions, when you, if you have Disney Plus there, you actually can watch the X-Men movies. They actually have them available on Disney Plus. So. Oh,
1: very nice.
0: And, uh, they, and so I think they're going to keep Fox alive with uh, just a different venue of distributing a different kind of Marvel movie. So we'll see how that, that all works
1: out. Yeah, that that should be. And I guess it would be the same thing with Fantastic Four. That's correct, yeah. Also a Fox-owned property that I right. think... so it, that yeah. they... Yeah. And that's why they're not in the MCU. Right, right. Not yet, at least. Yes, not... Yeah, you're correct, yeah. right? Not yet. Because yeah. I really felt like we're getting close to a movie where uh, some of the characters are in the Fantastic Four universe. Oh, yeah. Which they should have been part of, you know? Oh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, one of your favorite uh, MCU movies, I would, might add. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if I'm being a little dishonest, I'm not telling the truth. I'm sorry. Well, it's more facetious than dishonest,
0: so it's okay. That's
1: true. That's true. Okay, so this movie, I found myself not like your mom we started watching it, and she was like, did we see this movie? <laughs> and I said, yes, we did. Yeah. But when we got towards the end of it, she was like, oh, yes, I remember this part. But she couldn't remember the beginning for some reason, which I was having a little issue with it, too. But in some ways, that's nice because it's like you're seeing it for the first time. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Even though you haven't. Yeah. Uh, But we're getting close to present day now because this was Mm -hmm. uh, what was the release date on this? It was in 2017. Uh, I know that. Yeah, July seven. 7. Yeah. And it had a relatively small budget of 175 million. Right. <laughs> but believe it or not, uh and once I wrote this, wrote uh read this, I uh-huh. had to look it up. Yeah. Uh box office 880.2 million dollars. Uh-huh second highest grossing Spider-Man movie. Okay. Do you know what the first one was? Uh if I
0: had to guess
1: it's probably Spider-Man
0: 2. Close.
1: Spider-Man 3. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3. Interesting. Eight, 895 mil. Huh. I I had to go back once I heard that. I had to go back and check them all. Sure. Now that I I'm going to put this little in quotes 880 million second highest as of that movie.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, sure.
1: Yes, cuz uh and I'm wondering if because we have uh, another superhero involved in this. Yes. <laughs> If that might have had something to do with the amount that they made.
0: Yeah, well, I think it was. I looked at the DVD cover last night, or the Blu-ray cover,
1: and uh, yeah,
0: it's not just Spider-Man on the cover. There's a very, uh, almost as big picture of uh, Iron Man as well. So you're right. I think that does have something to do with it.
1: Right, but yet you will call this a Spider-Man movie, unlike Civil War.
0: Oh 100% because Iron Man is probably about maybe what 10% of the movie. I mean, it's not it's not a whole lot. He Robert Downey Jr. makes, you know, three scenes I think and that's it.
1: Uh yeah, three or four. His voice makes a few more appearances. Sure, sure. But yeah, I mean they even had Gwyneth Paltrow at the end. Yes. We saw more of Happy than we did of Iron Man.
0: That's correct. Yeah. And which, you know, I, I like that. Uh, John Favreau he plays that character very well.
1: Yes, and uh, I, I think, uh, you know what, we, we'll we just get into it. Sure. Uh, I love the villain. Yes. Uh, or the, I'm going to say the main villain. Yes, yes. Because there are quite a few. Um, they choose to call uh, Spider-Man villains the rogues gallery. Well,
0: it's it's any group of villains for a comic. Batman has a rogues gallery as well, yeah.
1: Right, but I mean, I think Spider-Man probably has more villains than any other superhero i i
0: would say second to batman batman has the most and probably the most interesting and then spider-man's a close second
1: right right okay i would i i'm as far as marvel goes he has the most villains to deal with the, the most unique villains
0: i would say because you know uh, a lot of times you know reading especially like because that's the other thing we have to kind of talk through is that spider-man is the biggest marvel superhero and he has been in print since the early 60s so you know it, it may be good, be good for us to talk a little bit about that because we've never really talked about spider-man's origin have we uh no
1: we have not okay, okay. we haven't done a spider-man movie right. this is our first spider-man yeah so yeah go for it okay go
0: for it <laughs> so uh spider-man was uh created by both uh, steve ditko as the uh, illustrator and stanley as the writer and uh, it appeared first in a book called Amazing Fantasy Number no. Fifteen in August of 1962, and the st- origin story—it's almost like it's gotten to the, you know, cultural mythos that we have nowadays. Everybody knows the origin of Spider-Man: bitten by a special spider, and uh, he uses those powers as a teenager, uh, you know, selfishly at first, and then it results in the death of his dearly beloved Uncle Ben, who gave him the, uh, you know, timeless advice with great power comes great responsibility and uh you know basically from there he's been marvel's cash cow i mean every, everybody loves spider-man that very distinctive red and blue costume uh the very uh big eyes in the uh, that are very expressive in the comic and like you said a rogues gallery that is just as interesting
1: as the hero so oh yes and you know not only that i think that spurred the first animated series uh-huh. uh which i told you that i own well i think i've played some of them for you but oh yeah we saw them. uh the theme right song for that uh-huh uh still uh they used it in uh, like the toby Maguire set of spider-man's they played that theme uh-huh. and uh i think they actually did it with the Second reboot or the first reboot of the spider-man also
0: yeah so we should probably mention that spider-man has had now three iterations i guess the first iteration was like you said toby Maguire, directed by sam raimi uh, who normally does horror films so it's a very interesting take on spider-man but those came out in the early and mid-2000s and then after that they did a reboot with andrew garfield playing spider-man called the amazing spider-man which were uh critically they were not Well thought out of, and I think the critics were pretty right on that. And then we get new, the
1: MCU, with uh, Tom Holland portraying Spider-Man. Right, which I think he does a wonderful job as Peter Parker. Agreed. But I do have to say that I did like uh, the lizard in The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh-huh. But uh, just like there were different movie types, there there has also been... In the comics, they had Amazing Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, Adventures of Spider-Man. There was actually an Adventures of Peter Parker. Yeah, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man is the other one. Yes. Yes, a Spectacular Spider-Man. Yep. So, I mean, there's been a lot of variations, a lot of different writers, a lot of different artists to portray them. Right. Uh, Bendis did a wonderful job with his uh, telling of the story also. Right. And that was the Ultimate Spider-Man when they went to that style yep. of uh, almost magazine type. You know, every page was glossy. Yep, that's right. Uh, was very good. I enjoyed those immensely. I, actually, I still have mm-hmm. the entire collection of Ultimate Spider-Man uh, comics. Yeah, that's awesome. It's one of the few that I that I do have. Yeah. But anyways, so we get into this. Uh, new director. Yep. Uh, screenplay. I wanted to make a little notation. Okay. Uh, that one of the screenplay writers, yep. John Francis Daly. Okay. Don't know if you know this. Uh, your wife would know this. But he played a criminal profiler on a show called Bones. He okay. was uh, Dr. Lance Sweets. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Bones a couple
0: episodes. Wasn't my right, thing, well,
1: but uh, yes. But I'm just saying, uh-huh. if you told your wife that that Sweets was one of the screenplay writers for this movie, <laughs> okay, she would know. She would know, and it would be because I was like, "Oh man, really? Wow!" Because your mom and I watched all that series too, you know. So it was just one of the little things. Uh, also, I noted that uh, one of the bad guys in this. Towards the end, his uh, name is Jared. 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 Yeah, he's got like a, his one of his eyebrows has like a little slice through it. Okay. I'm trying, yes. Anyways, he also, in the Spider-Man comics, is a bad guy. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, he, I mean, he's oh, he a sc- scorpion. Oh, you're thinking of Matt Gargan, not Jared. I'm sorry, Gargan. Okay, you're right. You're right. We'll get to him. Yeah, yes, th- th- we will. There are actually
0: a ton more, and we'll we'll get to them uh, soon and, throughout the movie. Because you're right, e- pretty much every character is significant in the Spider Verse, and we'll get to them uh, as we as we come across them in the story.
1: So it's going to be kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, but instead of songs, we're going to be naming new villains
0: i'm glad you brought that up because that is another thing about this film that is very distinctive is that the soundtrack is very distinctive of very it has the same kind of feel as guardians of the galaxy except that it's not diegetic of course but right um but very much you know a lot of pop tunes and you know you can tell that the feel of this movie is definitely geared towards those you know young teens in that particular context, and that's the thing about I think is the strongest thing about the m c u is that these aren't just superhero movies that there's something for everybody, and this is like the first one that we see that really is more like a high school comedy than anything else,
1: yes, and also I likened it, believe it or not to riverdale okay, yeah, it's, I could yeah, I can see that it's all about the high school and the high school dynamics, yeah, the way that teenagers depict adults mm-hmm. you know how that uh adults don't listen to them, they right. don't they're in their own they have to do it all on their own because they're not gonna get any help from the adults, true, and then you also
0: have the uh you know flakiness of teenagers as well, like we we'll, we'll talk about it at the very end, but it was a very teenager thing for Peter Parker to do what he did at the end, so
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of, like, look at it and say that, oh, yeah, I know somebody that did something stupid like that. Oh, yeah. You know, we get an opportunity to see a lot of... Well, actually, it's... uh, I guess you could say it's a coming out for Peter Parker and for Spider-Man in a way that, well... Let's, let's get into the movie. We can talk about it as we get into it. Okay. Okay. So this movie kind of starts off with a flashback. Oh, yeah. It's in uh, 2012 or 2013, right after the Battle of New York. Yes. And you've got a uh, gentleman, Adrian Toombs. Yep. Who is uh, doing the salvage work with all of the Chitauri uh, stuff that's around. Yep. And uh, then you get Time Daily. Yeah. Who comes in, and she's part of an organization called the Department of Damage Control. Yes. Now, did you know that there was a comic series called that?
0: There was actually two, uh, at least uh, that I saw, of uh, 1989, 1990. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was like a four-issue miniseries. Both of them were. Yes, and, yes. And so she plays the character anne Hoag. And she looked exactly like her from the comics. I mean, the. I know. Isn't that uncanny. Like crazy, freaky? It was really cool.
1: I yeah. See, and Marvel does that. They've uh-huh. done that more than once because you remember we've talked about that before. Uh, Owlsley. Yes. How he looked a lot like they looked the same. And oh, what, yeah. Actually, a few others, but it's interesting how they do that. That yeah, uh, was perfect,
0: and then we get this. You know, like I said, Adrian Tombs, who I'm going to say is the most sympathetic villain in the MCU.
1: Yes, and he kind of layers. Uh, remember, we talked about Alfrey last when we did Civil War, how she confronted Tony in the elevator. Yes, and she gave him a guilt trip. Right, right, a- and he is kind of along that same vein. Here he is uh he put himself in hawk for his business so right. that he could do this he got the contract to do this and then tony stark and the d o o d or d o d c yeah. took right. it away from him yeah you know so he decides in his mind that or he justifies in his mind that uh hey these superheroes these People are taking everything away from us. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gonna have to do something on our own. And so, yeah. the people that he hired, they they go back and he says, "Oh well, we have this stuff we haven't turned in." He goes, "Well, we're not gonna turn it in. We're right. gonna sell them as weapons."
0: Right. Yeah, I think so. It it, it the reason why I say he's a, the most sympathetic villain in the MCU is because really, and he talks about this. He pulls you know, Hawkgaze um, just saying, "Look." I've got, it's not just like, I'm trying to do right by my family by working hard, right? And he's taking a big risk, like you said. And, you know, he sees the opportunity there for him to be able to be successful. And it's not, and the thing is, it's, it's not just for him, but he's also helping other people feed their families as well. And it's like, he's trying to do those things. And, you know, some faceless bureaucrat comes down. And Emory marie Hoeg does have a face, but I'm saying like the, the damage control, right. is like a faceless organization comes down and says, no, guess what? You, you were in all this. Guess what? We're just going to come in and snatch it all away. And for me, like it's just kind of a parable of government overreach. Like, you know, I, I understand you trying to clean up your thing. Let, let's do that for you. And obviously I wouldn't be surprised and never went into this in the movie, but if uh, damage control – didn't do as good of a job as tombs would have done cleaning up the place. They probably would have done it faster
1: and cheaper. That's probably true because uh, you notice uh, another person that is in the damage control uh-huh. or part owner is Tony Stark. Yep. And he wasn't even there.
0: Right. But I think it's – and that I understand that part of it because I'm sure Tony felt responsibility for what happened. I mean obviously – uh he was the one kind of blowing up new york as well with the Jatari, even though he was trying to defend it you know obviously those uh you know unibeams and those uh, missiles shooting out of his armor had some damage it did and i can understand the reason for him wanting to fix things but at the same time you know maybe funding some of things like the people that are actually there like adrian who who lives in new york that's his city uh you know it, you know tony lives in malibu it really you know, it'd be helpful just to say, hey, guess what? You know, you're already on this. Let me fund you. You know, that would
1: have been the way to to handle that. Well, again, wouldn't be much of a movie if that went that way. That's true. Uh, uh, that point taken. Yes. You know, so they had to develop uh, Tombs as somebody who is desperate. Yeah. Because of everything that he has done. Yeah. And he's going to wind up doing things illegally. Right. Right. So so he's decided that he's going to do that. And he's got uh, the workers. He's going to keep his workers employed. Yeah, exactly. And so from there, once he decides to do that, we flash ahead. It says eight years later.
0: Right, right.
1: Or what I call now time.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) You know, and uh, this... This reminded me of a horror movie that they, uh, yeah, like a Godzilla type movie. Okay. That that was totally filmed that exact way from the vision of a cell phone picture taking pictures of everything. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's Cloverfield you're thinking of. C- Cloverfield, yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and that whole thing, when that started, I was like, yep yeah, that's just what it is
0: yeah yeah that was that was actually pretty neat The and we kind of see a different side of the events of civil war and it I, I like that because it's used in a way to where you didn't have to watch civil war in order to understand where we're at in the in the infinity saga and it kind of just it and it does it in a very comical way because you see it through the eyes of a teenager that has a, a cell phone right and i thought that was really really smart
1: Right. And not only that, he's, he like you say, he's a teenager. So right. he has got different ideas. Uh, the part really cool about happy uh, being in, oh, I'm in the room next to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, what do you mean, what case? I didn't see no case. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is this part of my room? I didn't know that was part of my room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we get all this thing, and he sees his new Spider Man outfit. Yeah. And he's freaking out and uh, uh, it's just a great thing. And then uh, after that, we flash to Tony and him in the back of the car. Happy's driving him back home and he says, oh, we're going to have to, you know, an excuse for your Aunt May. And, uh, you know, they do a little thing and then Pete's ready to do more. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, but uh, Tony says, well, you know, we'll call you. And so then we get into typical teenager mode. Yeah. And I think this is the part where we see his personal uh development and his personal uh issues. uh uh-huh. th- that he has, you know, especially with uh his friends. Uh-huh. And uh the people that treat him a little differently. What was the name of that school? Oh wait a minute, Midtown School of Science, right? Science and Technology, right? So everybody that goes to that school is pretty much a nerd, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's actually one of the uh, reasons they went in a different direction when it came to his normal rival, Flash Thompson. Um, You know, normally Flash is kind of a a moose character to you know borrow Riverdale, Riverdale reference. Um, Correct. Yeah, you know, Jock, and you know, kind of a bully. But uh, this this kid's also a bully. This Flash, but he's more of a bully in an intellectual thing. He sees that uh, he thinks Parker is inferior, and uh, you know, part of it's fueled by his jealousy because he wants to be as smart as Parker, but he has to put more
1: effort into it. So, um, right there is a there is a uh, spot in there about the uh, uh, I want to call it a debate team, but it's not a debate team. Oh, the academic decathlon yes yes and flash is like the first alternate or something yes so that fuels his jealousy of peter oh sure yeah so all right so now it's school days school days yeah and so we're at midtown school of science and technology yep and uh pete just wants to be ready yeah you know and uh he's got it. he decided that He's got to make himself ready, you know. Be prepared for when Tony's going to call him. Yeah, exactly. Because he knows he's going to get the call. He just doesn't know when. Right. Uh, uh, and although he does, uh, Happy is like his guardian. Yeah. You know, and he's he's called Happy so much that uh, <laughs> I'm going to call it the cry wolf syndrome.
0: Yeah, I could see that. It's more. It's more like, and I think the thing is. It's interesting, the relationship that they have, because obviously, uh, you're right, Gar- uh, Happy's kind of like his keeper, like he's keeping tabs on him. And, you know, uh, the, the, the term friendly neighborhood Spider-Man gets thrown around like Tony tells him, just be just worry about your own neighborhood. And, you know, if we have any missions for you, we'll let you know. And the thing is, that's interesting about that is that throughout the movie, Peter has this perspective that they're just ignoring him. You know, he's checking in every day. He is calling Happy every day. He is texting him every day. And he just and thinks not that... not getting
1: any answer.
0: Exactly. But the funny thing is, is that, like, when, you know, things come up in conversation, they know exactly what's going on. Like, they both both Happy and Tony know that he quit band two months ago. They know that he wasn't going to go on the academic decathlon trip to D.C. because he wanted to stay in case Tony Stark needed him. So it's, it's funny because, like, he has this perception that the adults don't really care and they're out of touch but the reality is they know exactly what's happening with them
1: right and i'm c- kind of curious about that Uh-huh. And i think that uh, i don't know as parents to our children yeah i don't think that we'd we would treat our children like that to whereas they would feel that they couldn't talk to us or or that when they're talking to us yeah. We're giving them this blank stare, and we really aren't listening. Uh-huh. Do you think we we do that to our children? Um, uh,
0: maybe on accident, um, but I think a lot of it is just you know teenager stuff. Like you know, there's this heightened. So they've done studies, brain studies, saying that the brain isn't even like fully developed. It has a lot of plasticity during the teen years, and that um, you're not even fully developed until you're in your early twenties. And so um, that's certainly part of it. I think. Um, But the other other part of it is that you have to remember that, and and Tony does mention this in several parts, but he's trying to be, he's doing the best, like he really does see Peter Parker as a son, right? He's a father figure to him. I think so, yes. And he feels responsibility in trying to to parent him a little bit. But the thing is, is that like he is, he only has the example of his dad and how his dad was a parent to him. And so I think what he's doing is he's trying to do that as Howard Stark did the same job with Tony. And I think that's, that's a lot of the challenges that are in that relationship.
1: Right. Which is, uh, I think most fathers, uh, I I could speak to this, that we, when we raise our children, Uh there's always, when we are a teenager and, you know, we get that little thing where, uh, something clicks and we say, well, I'm not going to do it that way. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And so we have the challenge of we're going to make it our decisions as parents to do things the way that we think that we should do them. Right, yeah. Typically which you'll may have... may or may not be the right way, but...
0: Right. Well, I think, yeah, you, you have you know, either repeating the same mistakes or making new mistakes because you're doing the exact opposite of what happened to you, Right.
1: Right, exactly. Well, uh again for your mother and me. Right. My mom was uh very lax. My father, yeah, left when I was real young, so I really did not have any example right for a father figure. Right. So I had to go basically off of my own thoughts. Your mom, she's also from a broken family. Her mother and father got divorced. Right. But she did have him for her youth a lot more than I did. And he was involved in her life when she was growing up as a teenager and beyond that. Right. But her side was more strict. Uh My mom was more lax. So when we had our own children, I was the stricter of the two. Yeah. And she was more lax. Right. So again, it was like, well, I'm not going to do it that way. And, you know vice versa but this is kind of an interesting part because like you said i think this part of the movie hits home more with the teenage uh group Uh uh-huh you know or early adulthood group yeah you know because that part of their life dynamics is pretty fresh in their mind
0: yeah yeah i mean but the thing is is like everybody's you know, every adult's been a teenager once, and a lot of times you get you still have those memories, so you know you can still relate to it.
1: Right, and the funny thing is, is that you can relate to either side. Uh huh. Oh yeah. You, you could be the Flash guy, yeah. or you could be Peter Parker guy. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Point. Or his his really good buddy Ned.
0: Yes. Yes. Ned leads.
1: And the really saddest part of the movie. <laughs> uh huh you know, happened when uh, Ned actually found out Peter's identity. Yeah. And he dropped the Death Star.
0: Yeah, that was pretty funny.
1: How many thousand pieces was that? Thing? I
0: think it was over 3,000 or something like that.
1: Yes, and then he dropped it and it like shattered. And I was yeah. like, what? Oh, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny.
1: It reminded me of the time that I bought you the uh, Star Wars thing. The mm-hmm. at-at, I think it was. or yeah. One yeah. of those things. yeah
0: yeah so yeah and we get introduced to his best friend ned Leeds, who uh, is another character a part of the spider-verse as well um in the original comics he is a reporter for the daily bugle and a kind of like a a competitor to his first love interest who is betty brant who also worked at the bugle which betty brant's also in this movie she is uh part of the newscasters for the school uh, we see those videos that are uh, intentionally poorly done uh, to a humorous effect. Betty Brant's the, the Blonde Girl. So, um, Yes. Yeah, which itch, and, which, which is the payoff that comes in the next movie, but we won't get into that.
1: Right, that is true. And uh, by the way, that uh, I'm not going to go to it either, but you're right. That movie was awesome. Uh, new Girlfriend also for Pete, or a girl that... Uh-huh. Girl interest. Liz. Yes,
0: that's right. It, but there was a Liz in the original comics as well. That was kind of a love interest for him as well. So, um, doesn't, you know, not not necessarily the same type of character, but very, you know, th- there's definitely precedent for that as well.
1: Right, and then uh, the MJ in this one is a different MJ. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. So again, we're in this high school. Now we're seeing things happen. Peter's quitting all his extracurricular activity because he wants to spend his time fighting crime in the city. Right. Uh, We get a comical scene with him uh, going in an alley, taking off all his clothes, being in his (laughs) boxer shorts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then putting on this uh, Spider-Man outfit that he touches the middle and it fits him. Yeah to his muscles that was really cool yes it was pretty neat and uh we also uh get him take he took his backpack and he uh puts it webs it to the side of a garbage can or whatever a, a dumpster yep and that's when uh ned finds out who he is right after the
0: about of web-slinging and so the w- we do need to mention that 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 montage of him web-slinging that day and fighting crime where he's stopping a bicycle thief and you know fighting rescuing cats and you know helping an old lady with directions um, that we do get our stanley cameo pretty early in the film so we get to yes. see uh, he's he was uh, thought he was stopping a carjacking with a guy trying to lock his keys in his car um, and his car alarm goes off and one of the grumpy neighbors uh, is none other than
1: Stanley, which was was hilarious. And actually, in this film, he he got two lines to say, not just one. Right. Yeah. Because he talks to a neighbor across in the building across from him, and he says, "Hey, how's it going?" Or whatever. You yes. Know?
0: Hey, Marjorie, how's your mother?
1: Yeah. There you go. Yes. He says it with the accent and everything. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. That's good.
1: Yes. Our now we got the cameo out of the way. Right. Then after that isn't that the same night that he fights the avengers
0: yes so right ned, ned finds out who he is uh he's keeping a secret from everybody else the only other people who know are tony and happy and now ned and uh aunt may uh takes him out to uh thai food and um no wait that happens
1: that's afterwards because no, he yeah he, he stops
0: he stops the avengers first
1: yes and then he comes back he doesn't can't find his backpack. That's right. And Ned is already in his room, so he's sneaking in his room in his
0: Right. Spider-Man outfit. Yeah, and we should say that these these robbers had uh, very interesting weaponry that was able to control gravity and it takes takes out the uh, Quarter Deli that he always goes to, uh Delmar. And um, he saves uh, Mr. Delmar and the cat.
1: Yes, and the cat, who I was going to write down his name because Murphy Yeah, he has something to do with the comics also. Oh, really? But a different character, not a cat. Oh, okay. They just mentioned it as an homage. Okay. Anyways, so he comes home, Jig is up, Ned drops the Death Star. Right. Crumbles into pieces. And the thing about, I wrote this little note down here, Ned's got a big mouth. He does, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we got to tell this person. Oh, we got to. Oh, you haven't told this. Oh, we need to tell this person. Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah. In fact, I do have a clip of him asking pretty much 20 questions for uh, Peter. Uh, We can listen to that and then we can talk about because the thing, the other thing that I love about this film is that it's not an origin story because we've seen that too many times. Right. And so exactly this, this, uh, you know, barrage of questions that Ned feeds him is kind of like the origin story. And so let's listen to this and then we'll just uh, take a couple comments after that.
2: Do you okay. lay eggs? What? No! Can you spit venom? You no. Distillation. Can you summon an army of spiders? No, Ned. The Sokovia Accords were put into place... In the way- How far can you shoot your webs? Not shut up. Begin those- if I was you, I'd stand on the edge of a building and just shoot it as far as I... Shut up, Ned. Hi, I'm Captain America. Whether you're in the classroom or on do you know the bathroom. him too? Physical physical yeah, we met. The difference between success Today, my good friend, your gym teacher, will be conducting the Captain America Fitness Challenge. Thank you, Captain. I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but whatever. I have to show these videos. It's cry by the state. Let's do it. <laughs> Don't you just have to be taxing? What does Hulk smell like? Shh, I bet he smells nice. Shut up. Is Captain America cool? Or is he like a mean old grandpa? Ned, just shh. okay. Hey, can I be your guy in the chair? What? Yeah, you know, how there's a guy with a headset telling the other guy where to go. Like, like if you're stuck in a burning building, I could tell you where to go because there'd be screens around me and I could not move around them because I could be your guy in the chair. Ned, I don't need a guy in the chair.
0: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we get a couple interesting concepts there. We get a little cameo from Captain America himself, and I just had to put it in there because it was so fun,
1: you know. Uh it's it's great. I'm glad you did that because uh that again is another superhero that's in this movie. Yeah. So you are you were clamoring for another Captain America movie. You got it.
0: <laughs> Not quite, but uh thank you. I I do appreciate that. Um yeah, so <laughs> That's funny, um. Yeah, so he gets there's, you know, he gets grilled by Ned because Ned has tons of questions and uh, questions about the other Avengers and you know just some things about his powers. And he gives Do you his, lay eggs, right? Yeah, uh, some some unsolicited advice about uh, how seeing how far he can shoot his webs, all all those things. The and the interesting thing that I love about this movie is that it's very good at keeping continuity. In that beginning part where they're walking to school and he's asking him if he lays eggs or not, we see Peter Parker carrying all of his books in his hands. Why is he doing that? Oh, yeah, because he lost his backpack. So I, I, I love that they have really tried to stay consistent with those plot points throughout the movie. So it's pretty cool.
1: Right. Yes, because he does ask Aunt May, says he needs another backpack. Yes,
0: that's right. So, you know, so that's
1: cool. But yet, they go to school the next day, and he's carrying his book. So, yeah, you're right. Attention to detail. Right. And that's what makes, you know, Marvel does that on a pretty consistent basis. There yeah. has been times where they weren't that consistent, right. you know, in certain areas. Uh-huh. Uh But the same as we've had discussions before about DC. Yeah. How uh, we had made the discussion, hey, how did that happen when nobody went there or that didn't happen? You know, we were able to because those things shouldn't have been there. But anyways. Right. uh, So they're doing the test and Ned is still asking him questions while he's doing (laughs) sit-ups. Right. And he's not even counting the sit-ups, you know? No, no. And, And Peter can't count because he's answering the questions. Right yeah that's funny and then ned opens up his mouth and says oh well yeah pete knows spider-man
0: yes exactly so that leads to what yeah and that also very much is indicative of a of a teen comedy where there's this awkwardness something happens and you know he's totally embarrassed and he feels like he's gonna die and so yeah when uh that obviously people are incredulous at that particular statement thinking that oh yeah you know and flash makes these comments about how like he's got a date with black widow and things like that and um they get invited to liz's party which you know peter that's his love interest for for uh, this movie and uh you know him and ned come up with this plan ned more so than peter to say hey why don't you just put on the costume make a make a you know an appearance name drop peter parker and then give me a fist bump and then you know head on out so that that was going to be the plan for this particular party right
1: yes which is in the suburbs i'm going to say
0: yes that's right and the nice thing about this this part of the movie is that we kind of see uh echo of the you know normal origin story the plot point right because when he first gets these powers he wants to use them for selfish reasons so this would be a selfish reason right self-promotion Right, and so yes, to make uh,
1: himself uh, cool,
0: exactly. So with you know all the
1: other teenagers,
0: right? Right. So that we get an echo of that original origin story plot point of him, you know, instead of it, instead of him being uh, in wrestling, like doing wrestling or whatever for for money, he's just doing it for social uh, capital. And so, uh, before he's able to make a big entrance, he sees this giant explosion of this really weird weapon show up, and then we get uh, him interrupting a weapons deal with these really strange weapons right
1: right and but i do have to say before we get there Uh uh-huh that i wrote a little note spider-man not good in the suburbs oh yeah yeah that is you know yeah he, he had no buildings to attach to yep you know, or the ones that he did, he'd wind up breaking through fences. He's going through people's yards. Yep. It was a totally comical thing for him yeah. to get all the way where he had to get to. Yes, that that was extremely well done.
0: And, you know, some of those things that people like complain about. Is, oh, yeah, he's really only good in the city. Right. If you bring him out to the suburbs or even the country, you know, <laughs> he he can't really swing from, uh, you know, corn, you know, fields or whatever. <laughs> you know. No, that's true.
1: Yeah. He, he wouldn't be good for any place other than the city. Right. So, good point. Um, but that was uh definitely a good spot. Yep. And we then meet uh new characters. He's underneath a bridge. Uh-huh. Looking up high and he's actually starting he is now when he talks with his uh computer.
0: No. No, he doesn't realize that his suit has an AI until uh, much later. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah he stops. Yeah, he stops a weapons deal that is actually facilitated by uh, someone known to be the Shocker, who is working for the Vulture. And so the we first get, Shocker. Exactly. Yeah, good point. Um, so uh, the uh, guy that he's trying to sell the weapons to is none other than Aaron Davis, who... If you followed the second version of Ultimate Spider-Man, you would un- uh, see his Uncle Aaron uh, in, uh, or the Prowler as well. It also makes an appearance yes. in the uh, Spider-Verse movie. Yes, he does. So uh, another nod to an, even another. Like I said, all of these characters are intentional, and they're all throwbacks to somebody that was in the story at some point. So it's really cool. So anyway, uh, Vulture drops him from the high altitude into a lake. And he gets his uh, uh, Spider-Man gets his bacon saved by uh, Tony, who he thinks Tony Stark, an uh, Iron Man, and it turns out right. that he's not really there. He's just uh, sending his armor remotely to, to save him, and uh, you know he kind of gives him a little bit of a stern talking to, saying, "Hey, you know this is a little bit out of your league, but not Avengers level. So don't worry about this. I'll take care of it." And uh, he ends up uh, leaving.
1: All right, which kind of that struck me. That, you know, because a civil war Mm -hmm. is previous to this and Tony's made the decisions that they're only going to do things based on, you know, what the uh, U.N. discusses that should be an outcome that they should be involved in. Right. Whereas he's made the decision that, hey, not big enough for Avengers, but over your head. Right. You know, we'll get some other people to handle it. Yep. Well, you know, why didn't you just tell him in the first place? You know? Because Happy wasn't believing him that, because uh, didn't he take a piece from his fight with the Avengers or the people in the Avengers mask? Or did he take the piece from this uh, confrontation? yeah it was from the this piece one. of tech alien was it from this one yes
0: okay yeah because he was uh you know being dragged with with the van and it fell out from there yeah
1: okay so he has this piece of alien tech but yep. he doesn't tell tony about it
0: that's correct yeah
1: and do you think it's because he felt that tony wasn't listening to him and the fact that tony wasn't even there uh-huh that couldn't take the time to come and see him himself yeah well, you know I mean, is that a possibility or?
0: Well, the he doesn't find that glowy thingy, as he and Ned call it. Um, he doesn't find that until after Tony leaves or the, the armor leaves. OK, so okay. that okay. that's but. why. So he could he couldn't even like say, hey, you know, what about this? Because he didn't know that it, that was there until he he's walking back and he sees that along the way. And then uh, he comes back just in time for Ned to tell him not to come back because the party's pretty much over at this point. And so, um, you know, not only was his plan with Ned completely, you know, thrown off kilter, but he's also almost died and almost, uh, he
1: and Tony told him to stay out of it and just, you know, do his thing. So. Right. Cause, uh, Tony would feel responsible about that. Yeah. And, uh, he's already had that issue in civil war. Right. Where it's, a, where it affected him. Sure. A young man losing his life. Uh huh. But let's face it, Peter has got a lot more abilities yeah. uh, to able to get himself out of different things.
0: Yeah, we don't get that really part uh, – uh, we don't see that part until a little bit later in the film. So, But anyway, uh, the guys who were dealing with this stuff uh, were able to track the energy signature when they were trying to experiment it. And so they, they go to the high school to try to catch them can't find them, they gotta leave, and so he puts a tracker on them, and he realizes that they are going to D.C. area, and you know, as luck would have it, guess what? The academic is also gonna be in D.C., so he, uh, instead of saying that he's got the TAR- Stark internship, he's actually gonna go on the, the D.C. trip to with artillery motives of tracking down the bad guys at this point, so we get new change of scenery in D.C., and he uh, ends up kind of right. getting yeah. Go ahead. And
1: also I'm gonna have to say that the special effects in that part uh-huh. really done real well. Yes. It's, you know, to uh it was just crazy. Yeah. The things that happened. And and not only that, they were they tracked uh the guys to Maryland. Right. That was near DC where they were going. Right. So Peter is gonna sneak out at night, uh-huh. Liz has got everybody going to the swimming pool. Right. Which, you know, I'm going to say Pete missed out on some of his teenage years by being Spider-Man. Sure, absolutely. You know, because he was, I think that's what made him a little awkward. I mean, let's face it, as teenagers, every one of us that has been a teenager has been through a lot of awkwardness. Uh Uh-huh. There's that time when we give our first kiss to a member of the opposite sex Mm -hmm. that we're really feeling awkward. And, you know, hey, then there's other things. Our first drive, the first time we drive a car. As a matter of fact, we get some of that in here also. Oh, yeah. uh, Later on, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't wait till we get there. But anyways,
0: yeah. yeah. So let's let's move there pretty fast because we're 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 getting we're running pretty long here. Um, oh, so, I'm sorry.
1: We're almost to the end.
0: I don't think we are at all. <laughs> we're like halfway at the most. Uh, uh, I'm
1: sorry. It's,
0: it's okay. So anyway, they go they go to DC, like you said, and we find out he Peter finds out, and so do we. That basically where. Uh, they're getting their supply from these uh, weapons dealer led by tombs is they're just uh you know skimming off the top of trucks that uh work for damage control so uh, peter ends up being trapped in one and he's uh, in a storage facility for a very very long time he misses out on the decathlon, but the thing that he uh, helped out, uh, that Ned helped him out do, was to bypass the training wheels protocol of the suit. And that's where he starts talking to the the suit lady, as he calls it uh, originally.
1: Yes. He does come up with a name for her. Yeah. But, and that whole time that he's stuck in that warehouse, he's learning more and more about his suit and the right. different things that he can do. Exactly. So it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, but it's also the part where he finds out that the glowy thingy is actually pretty much a bomb. And if it gets exposed to any kind of radiation, it will blow up. And it turns out that Ned brought it along for safekeeping. And as they go to the Washington Monument and this bag gets scanned, it starts setting off the glowy thingy. And so, uh, as luck would have it, the uh, elevator in the Washington Monument, as it gets towards the top, the glowy thing explodes. And uh, all of his friends are trapped in the elevator at this time. And so he's got to climb up the entire Washington Monument and uh, break through a uh, reinforced window in order to save his his, uh, his friends.
1: Right. Again, another spectacular scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, although it wasn't a battle, it was a very exciting uh, time. He does save the day. Yes. And he... Uh, gets back down as a matter of fact, he sees the new m j is down at the bottom, right, looking at the monument as he comes by right all things are good, they win even though peter wasn't there right, and uh they head back to n y c right exactly, yep, but then they now they know these guys and they're still trying to track them, Ned and him, yeah. Uh, have decided i guess or they figure out that we're going to be coming to the next spectacular part of it they find out the deal is going to go down on a ferry
0: yeah yeah they do that but they don't know actually they don't, he doesn't find out about it until he realizes that his suit has recorded everything that he's done and so he's able to actually play back the uh weapons deal that he busted and he's tried to see if he could tie any of the people involved with what's going on. And so he finds out that the only person with the record was Aaron Davis, who is the guy that was the potential buyer. And so he tracks Aaron Davis down played by Donald Glover and he tries to interrogate him with a silly voice with almost, I call it like the Batman voice. Right. And yeah, it could be, it yeah. could be <laughs>
1: so, or, um, or another thing would be Scorpion, uh, from mortal Kombat oh, Okay. Yeah. Get yeah, over yeah. Here. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, he, he interrogates Aaron, trying to get the information out of him. He tells him about the the other weapons deal, and it, it's funny because he mentions during that conversation, Aaron does that. Like, I don't want this weapons in my neighborhood. My nephew lives here. Who's who? Do you think he's yes. talking about there?
1: Well, who else? But from the Spider Verse, right? Miles Morales, right? Miles Morales, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was cool. I I thought that was really cool the way they they orchestrated that in there. I thought I was like, yeah, brilliant. Um. So, yeah, he finds out that Mac Gargan is uh, the buyer now for this uh, special tech. And so uh, he goes there and it turns out that he's not the only one there to stop the weapons deal. The FBI is there and, you know, uh, things go bad really quickly. The
1: Right. Uh, Actually, uh, Toombs is there, but he's not really involved in the deal that much.
0: Right, he's only kind of there to make sure nothing goes wrong. And unfortunately, it does go wrong. Very, very, very wrong. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes, from the get-go. And uh, Tombs has a weapon that he's using. Yeah. And uh, Pete, as Spider-Man, kind of grabs it with his web. Uh Uh-huh. And it just goes flailing around, shooting all over the place. Yes. And uh, we get this spectacular... Uh, scene which I know it's gotta all be C G. Right. You know. Yeah. I don't think they would have split a fairy in half. Right. Good you know? point But anyways, uh we get a great scene and uh Pete really it's kinda of almost an epic fail for him.
0: Yeah. Well he he almost had it like uh the suit said who who he's now named Karen. Uh Karen said that oh you were ninety eight percent Good at this, Efficient. and also right, yeah. exactly, and then it starts falling apart again. And so, thankfully, at the very last moment, Tony Stark comes with a bunch of robot drones to to push it back together, and he seals the thing in the middle. And so the uh everybody's okay, except for some lost, you know, property damage and some lost cars into the into the river. And so uh, we get this, yes, and
1: actually, you know, we got that into ninety eight percent part. Yeah, was where he has it hooked up, and some guy is clapping. Yeah, yeah, Spider Man, and he's the one that breaks it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, then he's also the guy later on that says, "Yay, Iron yeah. Man." <laughs> yeah,
0: that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, anyway, the FBI was there, and uh, you know, it, it ends up being a like I said, an epic fail for Peter. And then Tony Stark has this uh, lecture for him here.
2: Previously, on Peter screws the pooch. I tell you, to stay away from this. Instead you hacked a multi-million dollar suit so you could sneak around behind my back doing the one thing I told you not to do. Is everyone okay? No thanks to you. No thanks to me? Those weapons were out there and I tried to tell you about it, but you didn't listen. None of this would have happened if you had just listened to me. (laughs) If you even cared, you'd actually be here. I did, listen, kid. Who do you think called the FBI, huh? Do you know that I was the only one who believed in you? Everyone else said I was crazy to recruit a 14-year-old kid. I'm 15. No, this is where you zip it, all right? The adult is talking. What if somebody had died tonight? Different story, right? Because that's on you. And if you died, I feel like that's on me. I don't need that on my conscience. Yes, sir. I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry. I, sorry, doesn't I understand. I just, I just wanted to be like you. And I wanted you to be better. Okay, it's not working out. I'm gonna need the suit back. For how long? Forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 saying. please, please, please. Let's Mr. have if it. you don't understand. At least this is all I have. I'm nothing without this suit. If you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. Okay? Gotta sound like my dad.
0: Yeah, so if we get the, the lecture from, from Tony, uh, and you know he he actually is there as the uh sound effects would indicate and uh yeah it's it this is the low point in the movie i think the low point for peter
1: oh yes oh definitely yeah well you know and i think that uh i'm glad that you recorded that because he said well you know that he was nothing without the suit and, right. and he said well if you're nothing without the suit you don't need the suit right yeah. You know, and uh which I thought was a great moment because I think that you like you said, it is a low time for Pete. Sure. He He has a new resolve. He decides to this is where we get a sequence of him going back to school. Yeah, this is where it turns uh, into full teen movie mode. <laughs> absolutely, no question. <laughs> yeah. They actually rebuild the Death Star. Yeah. Right yeah which uh probably they could have spent a whole 30 minutes on just that probably but uh, yeah you know thank god they didn't you know, yeah but, yeah uh yes he starts doing well in school yeah he's speaking spanish now right he's doing good on the uh academic team yep that's right he's doing all kinds of things right and, uh actually even gets an opportunity now to spend some quality time with liz
0: right exactly yeah this this uh the namesake of the movie finally comes out it's it's around homecoming time and so he he's able actually to get a date with liz to homecoming and that's like the big thing and so we get uh, aunt may is there uh, played by marissa torme by the way we haven't mentioned that that this this aunt may is like insanely different than any other version of aunt may i've ever seen <laughs>
1: Oh yes, I mean, if you look at the comics, yes, it's it would be like Aunt May, uh, thirty years earlier. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah. maybe even longer than that. I,
0: I totally agree. Yeah, but the so, um, you know, we get this this scene where we also see him, you know, trying to learn how to dance, trying to learn how to tie tie things like that, and that's that's the other part of it is that we don't see those are things that like a dad should be imparting to his son and you know he doesn't have that so it's we kind of see that uh you know mirror there as well um but uh anyway he's you know trying to make do, and like you said he's just kind of getting on with regular teenager life at this point which uh that that scene mentioned that he was 15 i i did the math and it turns out tom holland was actually 21 years old when this movie came out so anyway
1: he's just got a young looking (laughs) face yeah
0: yeah yeah so we'll uh Yeah, we'll talk about that later, because we're already... Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. but... Anyway. Maybe it had to do with the build that he had.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be. There's there's lots of things, but we're... Right,
1: let's not... uh, We digress.
0: Yeah, so he's getting ready to take uh, Liz out on the big date, and here we get the biggest plot twist of the movie. Liz's father is none other than Adrian Toomes.
1: Dun, dun, dun!
0: (laughs) And uh, I, I have to say that this scene that the scene of him meeting him for the first time and then in the car ride is one of the best acted scenes in the movie michael keaton plays that so well tom holland plays it so well and just you know uh, the even um the actress that plays liz uh laura harrier she does a fantastic job as well of being like completely oblivious as to what's going on which is you know. exactly yeah i mean there, there's so the, the amount of tension it's almost the same amount of tension that they built up as the elevator scene in, in winter soldier it's that it's that good
1: and uh you know it, well yes because the more that she talks right the more her dad realizes that yeah hey, this kid here exactly he's been the guy that's been messing with yeah. my operation exactly you know yeah. And we actually get that uh, they finally get to school and he tells his daughter to step out that he wants to give Pete the father talk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And which he does at that time threaten him. Yeah. And uh, ha- pulls a gun out and says, look, I'm going you go inside, you forget about everything and leave me alone, leave my business alone right. and you'll live. But if not, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And,
0: and see, that's the other part is that like it goes back to him being the most sympathetic villain, I think, because, you know, he there there is some twisted sense of honor there. The fact is, it's like he decided not to kill him because he said, look, it, the reality is you saved my daughter's life and family is the most important thing to me. And because of that, I'm going to let you live. But stay out of my affairs, like you said.
1: Right, um, and that's the thing that he has justified everything. All this eight years, yeah. That it's all been for his family. Yeah. Pete even mentions uh, something that hey, you're selling these to criminals, blah blah blah. But yeah. it says no, I'm supporting my family.
0: Yeah. The the other part that uh, we kind of glossed over, but I did want to say also, there's also another uh, tie to the MCU is that in you know parker going back to to real life the other thing is that he has detention forever because of what he did in dc you know kind of flaked out on them or whatever and um he got in trouble with the principal i don't know if you noticed that but the the principal was Ken- played by actor kenneth Choi. did you see that yes yes who also played one of the howling commandos in uh the first avenger he played jim Morita, and so this uh principal's last name's also marita so we can assume that they're related somehow the same yes or or
1: not not the same but maybe a son right or or, a grandson yes could be so you're right that's true yes and then of course in detention we get another uh (laughs) from captain america
0: oh that was so good uh that, that i think uh the captain america cameos are my favorite in the mcu because he had that one where um loki turned into him for a little bit you remember that in uh, thor dark world
1: oh yes yeah yeah
0: so and then this one is also because you know it, it's it's the perfect like story point like you would think that okay we had this symbol of American exceptionalism in World War II. We get him back. What's the first thing that we got to do? Let's make some videos to inspire students to be like Captain America, <laughs> even yes. though he's a war
1: criminal now. Even though yes, and of course that's <laughs> the same teacher, the gym teacher. Yeah, the is, coach. Uh, yeah, for detention, and yeah. he's like oblivious. Yeah. So was, um, yeah. Yes, and he walks out of detention he's storms out he's right. mad right but we still get this uh thing mj is there and yeah the yeah. coach says hey you don't even have detention because yeah yeah i know i like to draw people
0: right you know it, yeah draw people in pain and, and show, show yes. a picture of him you know so it, it's funny yeah no it's draw people in crisis i think that's what she said yes. I, anyway uh that all happens before where we're actually at in the thing so yeah uh obviously peter knows that he can't just let it go and he knows that the big score that they're going to work on it actually puts happy at risk because uh all this time happy's trying to move all the avenger stuff that was in the avengers tower to the facility in upstate and so uh the big score that they're going to go for is the plane that's going to be in midair, and so they—they've been talking about this high vacuum seal, where his, uh, the vulture's wings make a make a seal on the plane, where he can go in and, and steal all the stuff. And so, right, and it,
1: it's—I think it's a different. A vulture outfit or it's an upgrade to his it outfit, is. right it is
0: yeah that his um the, the guy that's been you know making all this tech has been wanting to try it out ever since like the beginning of the movie and so peter can't do it so he fights the second iteration of the shocker who the first one got killed in anger by um adrian but that was an accident because he thought it was a gravity gun anyway uh the right. second well, shock
1: i'm gonna say too though that pete is fighting i wrote down Pete battles in his onesie.
0: Yes, you're exactly right. Yep, yep. It's his old costume that he, he, you know, kind of put together, which does look kind of silly. And so he gets his web shooter knocked out. The Shocker's about to punch him. And then uh, Ned saves the day with his web shooter. He turns the the tables and then uh, defeats the second Shocker. Um, And so uh, he needs Ned to be the guy in the chair so he can go after Yes, he does get to
1: be the guy in the chair. And then... (laughs) <laughs> that uh another one of the funniest parts was the teacher catching him and asking him what he was doing on the computer yeah
0: yeah that was that was, that was pretty bad yeah he he, <laughs> he he jacks uh flashes dad's car and you know he he's uh uses it to chase adrian and he completely trashes it as well and uh he thwarts him the the plane goes down and he's uh, almost killed uh, Adrian Toomes is almost killed but Peter saves his life ties him up lets the bad guy lets the good guys catch him put him away in jail and uh the all the artifacts and the tech that they who was going to sell uh has been recovered so that that's um he he saved the day right
1: well yeah happy he was on the beach after uh Peter fought with uh vulture yeah he saved him and then right. he he webbed him, yep. and left a message for uh, Happy. Yes, right. Which the message? Did you read it? Uh, I did I I did, but I forgot it. What did it say? Okay, that's all right. Now forget it. Now forget it. You didn't remember it. So, anyways, now it's a a friendly neighborhood. It's, it's one of the. Oh yeah. Okay. Like the links from all the that he does that on all of his stuff. Sure. So it's kind of like the, it was the same type of message, the same message. Yeah. But Happy knew that, you know, he pretty much saved the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, at uh, you know, as things are kind of going back to normal, Liz, obviously, uh, because her dad's now being, you know, put to trial, going to be put away for a very long time, she moves away to Oregon with her mom. And, um, you know, they have this uh, scene where they're just kind of hanging out in... Uh, the academic decathlon to practice for for next year, and the new person that's going to be uh, kind of in charge of the team is who's now revealed as MJ. uh Yes, so, for the first time. Exactly. Yep. So then Peter gets a call saying, "Hey, I need you to meet me in the bathroom." So he goes to the bathroom. Happy's there personally thanking him for what he did because he kind of saved his his uh, bacon because um you know if uh, he would have screwed that up things would have been really bad at stark industries for happy hogan
1: but not the case thanks to our friendly neighborhood spider-man
0: exactly yep so he's got uh he's got to take him somewhere so he ends up taking them upstate to go to the avengers facility and uh who meets him there but another, another been tony stark and tony actually has an offer for him and let's uh hear what uh that offer is
2: sorry i took your seat I mean, you had it coming. Actually, it turns out it was the perfect sort of tough love moment that you needed, right, to urge you on, right? Wouldn't you think? Don't you think? Yeah, Let's yes. just say it was. <sighs> Mr. Stark, I You screwed really the can... pooch hard, big time. But then you did the right thing. You took the dog to the free clinic, you raised the hybrid puppies. All right, not my best analogy. I was wrong about you. I Think with a little more mentoring, Give real asset to the team. To, to, to the team? Yeah, anyway. It's about 50 reporters behind that door. Real ones, not bloggers. When you're ready, why don't you try that on? And I'll introduce the world, the newest official member of the Avengers, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, give that a look. So, after the press conference, Happy will show you your room, your new quarters. Where's he between? Uh, he's, he's next to Vision? Yeah, Vision's not big on doors. It's fun. Or walls. <sighs> He'll fit right in. Thank you, Mr. Stark. But I'm, I'm good. You're good? good? How are you good? But I, I, I mean, I'm, I'd rather just stay on the ground for a little while. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Somebody's got to look out for the little guy, right? You're turning me down. You better think about this. Look at that. Look at me. Last chance, yes or no? No. Okay. It's kind of a Springsteen-y, working-class hero vibe but I dig. Uh, happy we'll take you home. Yeah? Yeah. Am I waiting in the car? I need a minute. Thank you, Mr. Sorry. Yes, Mr. Parker. Very well. See you around. was a test, right? There's uh, nobody back there? Yes, you passed. All right, skedaddle there.
1: Thank you, Mr. Buck. Stark.
2: Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I told you he was a good kid. Where's the kid? He left. Everybody's waiting. You know what? He actually made a really mature choice. Just surprised the heck out of us. Did you guys screw this up? yep so
0: we get the uh, cameo from uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts and um, they uh, they have to quickly come up with a new idea in order to get all those uh, people with that big announcement and so Tony asks happy for the ring that he's been holding since 2008 and so um, we kind of get a hint of what's going to happen next between them so
1: yes that's true Uh, which we've already seen they've had their ups and downs but right we then get we're almost at the end of the movie. Yes, um, and I believe that Tony gives him the suit, anyways. Right. He he doesn't give
0: him the suit that he showed him right there in that scene, which is like the Iron Spider. It looks like an Iron Man armor, but it's right, right. But he gives him the suit that he had before.
1: Yes. So yes, and uh, he comes in to his room. Right. And. Takes his mask off. Yeah. and Who is behind it? Aunt May. and, and we hear what uh, the roll credits.
0: Yep, roll credits. Cue the Ramones.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. I thought of you, and I heard that. You yeah, know?
0: I, yeah. The, the credits at the ending credits were so cool. Like it was like a uh, you know cut and paste animation thing with uh, like hand drawn stuff. It was really really neat. I love that. Right.
1: It was, really- it was almost like South Park. Yeah, yeah, I'd say a little bit. You're right. Yeah. It's a fun. little bit. Not really a lot, cool, but It was more like cut out comic things, you know, instead yeah. of you know, but it was similar. Yeah. Yeah, I love it.
0: So yeah, that's it. We get a mid credit sequence with Tombs in jail, with and he runs into Matt Gargan who has a scorpion tattoo on his neck. So we kinda see, okay, that's that's kind of guess where they're going with that. That's and, who he is. Right, right. And so that's that. And then At the very end, we do get an end credits thing where we get another message from Captain America uh, where he talks about patience, which is uh, hilarious. And you
1: stayed here for the whole thing? Right. And this is what you got?
0: Right. Sometimes it can be disappointing, right?
1: Yes. Yes, definitely.
0: (laughs) That was really cool. I love that.
1: It, It was good. It was a very good movie, very entertaining. Yeah. Uh I will say not as many jokes as in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, but Agreed, yeah. Enough to uh keep you entertained. Right. Enough, uh there was a lot of high intensity stuff. Yep. A lot of teenage drama. Yep. Uh that could make you feel nostalgic. Oh yeah. And also some people would probably would be like oh my gosh i remember doing that oh yeah. no right i don't want to look at that again yep definitely but uh yeah it was uh definitely a good thing and i think that we did get a little family message here tony trying to be the father oh yeah no doubt you know and uh i think that some of the movie was about pete trying to be the son that lived up to the father's expectations
0: absolutely yeah there's definitely that that is the main takeaway i think from the movie is that like you know when you don't have like the blood father son relationship you know you try something will fill in the gap no matter what And uh, sometimes there's brokenness there. Sometimes there is things there that wouldn't normally be there. But at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, you you just sometimes have to, you know, do uh, you have to take what you have, which that's what Peter did. He did it, you know, without uh, the suit. He just kind of had his own strength and uh, just move forward. And that's what he did. I think that's the main message of the movie. Right. It's you don't need the suit. To be who you are. If you do need the suit, then you don't deserve the suit, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So. So, anyways. Yeah. That's good. All right.
0: Any other takeaways or? That's it for me. This this movie, um, I had the least amount of notes out of any other MCU movie. Like, normally I have like a page and a half worth of bullet points. This one I had a half page because – uh, you know, I think just this, just how the movie was made. This is not a value judgment of the movie, but it's definitely a very different kind of MCU movie than any of the other ones. Oh, yes,
1: no question. Well, yeah. I, I have a feeling that we probably will be... Well, I don't know. I had two pages of notes on this, but yeah. I did have all the villains' little names that we, you know, we went through. Sure. And I did some back... I. Took the time to do the background on them, and yeah, I really didn't need to. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I have a feeling that next week we'll probably have some more uh, things to talk about. Oh yeah. Although we talked long enough about this one.
0: Certainly, certainly. All right. So let's give it a rating, and we'll uh, close it up there. Sound good?
1: Sounds great to me.
0: Okay. Um. So I think you want me to go first
1: if you'd like sure that's
0: that's fine yeah uh so my rating for this is definitely an eight maybe an 8.5 depending on you know uh, how i'm feeling but this is by far the best spider-man movie this is my favorite spider-man movie of all the ones that i've seen um they, they do a fantastic job of tying it into the mcu the acting is absolutely fantastic the uh, continuity like i said the way they pay attention to the story you can really tell that the writers on this did a fantastic job of uh, making the story cohesive and consistent which you know is very much appreciated so eight, 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 eight point five 8.5 for me Let's
1: okay so you're gonna go to 8.5 yes i will very good i am going to say this redition red of spider-man and we i have to say that uh for the most part yeah there hasn't been a single spider-man movie that has the story is about the same villain true you know uh there has been villains that have hit the spotlight uh in more than one movie but they weren't the main villain right right uh but with spider-man there's so many villains we could have spider-man 32 and probably not hit all of them that's for sure uh i'm going to go with this one i am giving it a 8 i was going to do the same thing 8.5 but i'm just giving it an 8 to be different okay that's fine all right so uh cool. yeah hey i don't want us to be the same you know then there'd be no controversy <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah we'll we'll yeah i'm sure we'll we'll find something to disagree about sooner or later
1: Oh, absolutely. We will. <laughs> All right. How about uh next week's? Yeah. So uh, next
0: next week we're going to it's we're going to see a very different movie. Yeah. I think this is going to be interesting. So we're we're going to be returning finally we get we get we got a little bit of a hint of this back uh 2 weeks ago with Doctor Strange, but we're finally going to see The Return of Thor in earnest uh with Thor Ragnarok. So um yeah and hopefully next week we will have a special guest with us on on this particular one so state, i hope so yeah so we'll uh we'll talk about that afterwards and hopefully uh we'll we'll see you next week so thank you for listening for this episode of pop's collection if you have any feedback email us at uh, popscollectionpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com like us on facebook follow us on twitter Leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, we're going to see you next week where we're going to discuss Thor Ragnarok. Goodbye, and God bless. Goodbye, God bless, and
1: tell your friends.
2: Hi. I'm Captain America, here to talk to you about one of the most valuable traits a soldier or student can have, patience. Sometimes patience is the key to victory. Sometimes it leads to very little, and it seems like it's not worth it. And you wonder why you waited so long for something so disappointing. How many more of these?